for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. it's like almost like starting over in a sense um, because you basically pick up your whole life career and unless you've had like really large commercial success moving to a new town um, you just you're reestablishing your presence and your brand which in a lot of ways is really nice because um, it's like a, it's a good way to rebrand without like a ton of you know people that are disappointed of a lot of times you'll get an artist that they're trying something new or maybe something that fits a little bit more in alignment with their artistic vision and people that really liked their older material or maybe like their older, I mean, like Miley Cyrus is a perfect example, you know, as a child star, she, you know, it was very appropriate, like her type of music and the career. And then as she grew into an adult woman, um, that change was so drastic for a lot of people and for such a huge fan base a lot of times it's like, it can be a lot to, uh, for, for people to, um, empathize with, or even, you know, be interested in. So it's kind of nice being here and being able to rebrand myself and take some liberties that maybe I didn't take as much when I was back home in Arizona. Yeah. You get to expand on opportunities. Like you'd mentioned that maybe you wouldn't have taken back home. And now, because you're essentially doing a rebrand, but just by simply moving, yeah. Right. It's um so you just to kind of catch everybody up since we're gonna just kind of jump into it here. Um so you're ba- based out of Nashville now, but you're originally from Arizona. Um how does what was it like growing up in Arizona for you? I loved it. Um it's I think it's a great place to raise a family. I think it's I love the West Coast. I loved just how new Arizona was. So there was a lot of um, really cool. It was just cool to be a part of like the growth of the state and the Phoenix Valley. Um, I feel like, yeah, as a young person, like it was a really great place to grow up. Um, definitely feel like since moving to Nashville, I kind of knew when my time was up there. Um and in going back and forth now visiting Arizona, I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm grateful for the time I had there, but I definitely feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be in Nashville now. Mm-hmm. What was that moment that you knew, okay, my time in Arizona is up. It's time to go somewhere else. Oh, wow. Um, I had actually been trying to move to Nashville for about eight years and, um, every time I would get ready, gear up for something like the move, something would happen and, mm-hmm. um, interrupt that process. And, um, and a lot of it was like really, you know, um, big disappointments or like big life events that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely a part of me that has always pretty much since I graduated high school was ready to just hit the, hit the ground running with music. Um, but I remember my like early twenties feeling like content at home and really 
relishing in the atmosphere of Arizona and what was around me um, and really loving being there. And then right about when I hit 26, uh, I needed health insurance and music wasn't quite offering that option for me. I was trying to do some different um, alternate uh, healthcare plans. And that's just like a whole other, whole other world and kind of complexity. And I ended up getting a job at Starbucks. And I remember feeling so defeated because I was like, man, like I've been doing music for so long. And then to go from, you know, I had already done, you know, the minimum wage um, service industry type jobs in the beginning and then transitioned into music and having to go back to that, it felt really, really defeating at first, but hindsight now and and after um working there for a couple of years um as I transitioned to Nashville from Arizona I realized like it actually was one of the best things that could have happened for me um there's something really beautiful and like really gratifying about serving people mm-hmm. and um and also just kind of stepping away from music as like my um May, it, it was a really great way for me to like get away from like the product because yeah. my parents have talked about with me a bunch like when you're a musician or an artist um, or an entertainer you're your brand so you don't really get to escape from yourself often mm-hmm. and being able to do that I actually went in I didn't tell anybody about anything about my career and just kind of let that naturally unfold over time but made really genuine connections with people and friendships and the same thing when I moved um to Nashville with that job, I was able to kind of have a really great um, perspective of just starting over and the possibilities and um, knowing that you can actually do a lot with a little and growing my business here, um, starting at like a minimum wage. Like I just have such a deeper appreciation for hard work and, um, and, finances and everything that goes into you know business and being Mm. person yeah for sure it you know you touched on something very interesting that as you were speaking I was reflecting on a couple of things and it's like you you talk about you know making that trip to Nashville or making that move to Nashville it being a long pro essentially a long process because it's like you try and make the move something happens and then you take a step back and then it kind of goes through this process and then you find did you say you'd gotten a job at starbucks or was that when you were out in arizona um i it was it started in arizona and i transferred to nashville yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just making sure that I didn't miss here something. Oh, and so you'd gotten the job at Starbucks and that was kind of like a safety, not like a safety net quote, quote unquote, uh, to get you out to Nashville because it's like you had at least a guaranteed job of some sort. So you're going to be making some kind of income and you could still follow your music. And I'm looking at myself as you were saying all this and I'm like, that's what I've been waiting for because I've been saying for the last four and a half years that eventually live and amplified is going to move to Nashville. It's going to have to move to Nashville, yeah. but I'm waiting for that safety net. Like, cause I don't want to, I don't want to move out there without some kind of income. You know, I could freelance for a while and probably do okay, but 
what happens if my freelance dries up or what happened, you know, just like all these different things. And so it, it's always very interesting looking at yourself from like other people's stories where it's like, I think, but also kind of giving me the realization that I can't wait on that safety net anymore because I am getting older and like, I'm going to be 37 next year. So it's just kind of like, you know, got to make that transition. Yeah. And I, honestly, I really believe age is just a number and you can, mm-hmm. you can pick up something new at 60 years old. Um, it's really just so much a mindset, but I do think that if you have the ability and that was kind of where I was at, where it, it kind of life kind of pushed me that way. It was like, I needed health insurance and, um, Starbucks is just such an incredible company, the way that they take care of their employees. Mm-hmm. So, um, joining a business model and a, a company that, um, is founded around they, they, their motto is we're not in the, uh, coffee business serving people we're in the people business serving coffee. And that's the customers as well as the employees. And it truly is exactly, you know, what, what they say, the way that they take care of their customers as well as their employees. And for me as an artist and a businesswoman, I think it was really good for me, especially at the time when, you know, sometimes we're too close to something, you can kind of get burnt out and feel Mm -hmm. like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this taking off? And having an alternate perspective that still eventually like essentially feeds into what it is that you're doing, Mm -hmm. which Starbucks was that for me. I mean, that job gave me a perspective on people, gave me like a, a, it, it lit inside of me this even more extroverted person to talk to people and to connect with people that has translated really well for me here in, in Nashville. And um, yeah, sometimes it's just doing something that like, I don't know, I, there's a, there's a part of me that likes to do things kind of the hard way sometimes, not in like a, in like a negative context, but, um, Jack White is an artist I really admire. And he talks about that as well, learning an instrument, the way it was meant to be played. And there might be three people in a room full of a hundred thousand people that actually notice, but what are you doing it for? And so, you know, kind of the same thing with that, like when you're building your character from the inside out, knowing what it is that you need. And sometimes it's things that, you know, maybe don't sound as appealing, but Starbucks was one of the best times of my life and set me up really well for success, getting my, uh, getting myself started here in Nashville mm-hmm. officially. And, and it was truly that just taking that plunge and going, okay, I'm going to do this. And if it doesn't work you know, something else will happen. And it was the same thing with trying to move here. I mean, I tried to move here back in 2014. I had a friend in radio and he really believed in me and knew all the radio um, or all the record label executives and um, was going to move here and basically be the person to knock on doors for me. And life happens. He, he actually got hit by a car and died. And oh, wow. yeah, it was so tragic and just came out of nowhere. And absolutely devastating and life is life is wild like that you know yeah. to quote chloe kardashian who's probably quoting somebody else but you want to make god laugh tell him your plans you know so mm. i do think that there's a part of it that's like when the time is right opportunities present themselves but i think the important thing that we can control is our engagement in our lives and you know knowing okay this is something that i need 
what are some ways that I can try to get that? So for me, health insurance, I tried a number of ways. Starbucks happened to be the one that worked. And then because of that, you know, I was able to move here and have a little bit of, um, like you said, a safety net. Um, mm -hmm. But I knew it wasn't forever. It was a season and was able to make the most of it. And it, the same thing here in Nashville, I play on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because so many people told me for years and years before I moved here, never play on Broadway. Don't play on Broadway. Nobody's going to take you serious if you play on Broadway. And you know what? Maybe eight years ago, that might've been sort of true, but the amount of exposure that I've had here playing on Broadway, the amount of people that I've met um, in the industry, as well as just all over the world, mm -hmm. um, it, you can't get that anywhere else. I had a friend tell me, you know, it's better that I'm actually out there even if I'm not doing my original show every week, um, you're, it's boot camp. So you're honing your craft. Yeah. You're meeting so many incredible musicians that just push you to become better and better. And that, that was a big thing too. People are like, oh, like there's too many musicians. Like, you know, there's never going to be, you know, work for you. And that is such a lie. I'm constantly like, guys, I need a bass player this weekend. Or, you know, people are like, we need someone to fill in. Like that is just the norm here. So there is so much room um, for musicians out here to come and, and be a part of this community. And, and then again, the stability of just really honing your craft and, and meeting people in like, a, it's almost like Vegas in a sense, mm -hmm. like, you know, people come to Vegas to watch Celine Dion, or I'm yep. actually going there next week to see Lady Gaga. I'm so excited. And nice. Yeah. So it's nice for them as an artist, I'm sure to be like, okay, my show is like right here and I can sleep in the same bed every night. And I don't have to like hurry up and do this or that with travel. And you kind of get the same sort of effect on Broadway. Um, and again, like, while I know that Broadway is serving a really great purpose for me and my motto has always been, I don't work for Broadway, make Broadway work for me. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's temporary. I know that's not my forever. And so I look at it with less of an intimidating or almost taxing where a lot of people, same thing at Starbucks, like, Oh, like, I don't know what else to do. And I think when you're, when you don't give yourself a light at the end of the tunnel for, you know, certain um, means to an ends that, that help you with income, um, it can get a little daunting, but if you can mm -hmm. know that you're using it for a tool for you, for your greater good, it's mm -hmm. so much more, uh, it's less, less, you feel like you're in less of a chokehold, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, I've always been, anytime I go to Nashville, I've always been very against going to Broadway because I feel like that's the touristy thing to do. And I want to go hear like the, or I want to go hear like original music, but I had somebody explain it to me once. What you brought up the boot camp aspect of it. And it's like, and, hearing you break that down on top of what a buddy of mine told me about just the rep it's preparing you for life on the road like if well, if if your goal is to be a touring musician it is preparing you for life on the road because yes you're going to play a three four hour gig on broadway yes nine times out of ten it's going to be the same x amount of songs but that's really what touring is. That's what you do out on the road. Yeah, there might be slight variations or whatnot, but it's preparing you for life on the road. And my concern's always kind of been burnout, you know, like 
we mentioned burnout a little bit ago, but you know, as a musician, when you're young and you're just very full of ideas and you're eager to get out there, that burnout can kind of subside as long as you really enjoy what you're doing. Totally. So, uh, you know, so my, my perspective on Broadway's kind of changed. I'm still not keen on going there, but that's just because I don't like being around a lot of people. I don't like being confined in a small place and all that stuff. That's just personal preferences. It's got nothing to do with the actual venues anymore, but so. No, and I, I totally understand that. Because um, people, when I have a night off, like, oh my gosh, you have a night off, you should come out to Broadway. And I'm like, that's the last place I want to be. I just spent the last four nights there working, you know? So I, I see both sides of it for yeah. sure. Um, and I'm the same. Like I, when I visit a new city or a place that's really um, popping, I always want to go where the locals are going. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of, you know, it, but there's fun and in, in, on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of like going to a sporting event, at least for me, I feel like I know people that are playing. Um, it's a lot more fun. So mm-hmm. um, we're like, to me, like going to a big stadium, you know, is like a little, it's a lot too, like being mm. in like large crowds like that. Yeah. Um, and the same with Broadway. Like if I know, oh, my friends are playing and I'm so excited, I want to go watch them. Um, that's like a totally different kind of perspective. And, yeah. and like you said, it, it, it is, uh, it's boot camp. It's, um, it's really impressive to watch musicians perform the caliber that they do for the period of time that they do and you know week after week and uh it, it truly does prepare you for you know the shorter shows that you might have on the road um that maybe you know people who don't have that experience mm-hmm. might struggle with vocal fatigue or you know yeah because i had uh i was had somebody on the podcast last night that was getting ready to go out on a little DIY tour for the first time. And they were going to go from playing maybe once or twice a week to playing like 20 shows in a row. And I brought that up about vocal care. And I was like, so are you, have you been thinking about that? Are you preparing like mentally, physically, like, what are you doing? And I think that's something that just a lot of people tend to overthink. Like I know this is my second podcast today. And I know if I were to try and do another one tonight, like later, my voice would be hurting tomorrow, but I know about two is where my limit is. And if I were to try and do this like several days in a row, that'd be bad news. Right. So, um, it helps you. It helps you. Broadway has helped me push myself past the limits that I thought I had. Um, Mm -hmm. even with songs that like, I would have never thought I could sing. You just, I don't know, when you get into that like groove of like, okay, I did that. Maybe I could do this. And you try it and you kind of realize like the toolbox that you have inside of you and kind of mm-hmm. find a way. And, um, and again, of course, like practicing safe singing and, and resting and all of that is really important. But um, it just like anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And um and I think Broadway is a really great way to condense the like 10,000 hours yeah. theory um, because it's just happening like that. So, yeah. So I have to ask, what is your go-to cover song when you're playing Broadway? What's like the one that if, if you realize that you're kind of losing the crowd, what is your go-to song? 
That is a great question. That also depends on the time of day that I'm playing. Sure. Um, I thought you were going to say venue, and I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, no. I So lately, I've been playing more of the evening shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm playing the later show, you're pretty much never going to lose if you play Mr. Brightside. Yeah. Um, we play misery business and sugar. We're going down. That's kind of the like demographic right now is yeah. like people. It's funny because I feel like, you know, 10 years ago, a lot of people that were coming on Broadway, it was more of like the eighties rock crowd. Mm. And we still do a lot of that too, but yeah. now it's all like people my age that are coming out. And that was like music we listened to in high school. So, mm. um, so they're, they're definitely like really excited when they hear some like pop punk and some emo yeah. but um i think the song that i've been doing lately that typically is like a dead ringer we people usually throw money in the tip jars up i will always love you really okay yep, yep. i wasn't honestly i wasn't expecting that one i was expect <laughs> i was expecting like some like friends in low places or you know a song like that like that is just scream super nashville you know nashville has a reputation and it makes sense of being mm-hmm. the country music capital yeah. country but it is actually the music capital mm-hmm. of the country so country music is absolutely like the main ingredient here mm-hmm. um and and again i also think like part of the blessing of the timeline of my journey of being here and and waiting and coming here when I did. Um, we are able to play Paramore. We are able to play Kings of Leon, um, mm-hmm. songs that like Katy Perry, things that you wouldn't necessarily um, have expected as like your stereotypical yeah. Nashville show. And when I am creating a show, I really try to avoid the songs that I feel mm-hmm. like everybody is going to hear at every other bar that Mm. being like a friends in low places even man i feel like a woman i just feel like amazing song of course but i always it's like a personal challenge for me if like we can get through a show and not have played that song like it's not on my main set we'll do it if if somebody tips for it but Mm. um i try to entertain people with songs that i feel like maybe they're like oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Like we've just right. started doing Spice Girls wannabe nice. and people are like, wow. And like, it just, it's so fun to watch the reactions in the room of people that they weren't even thinking of that song. And then that came back and they're like, oh my gosh. And then the requests that they start sharing mm-hmm. are even more fun. We, that happened to me. I was playing at um, a venue down on Broadway and um, someone had requested Every Time We Touch by Cascada. And I was like, <laughs> I love that song. So yes, we're going to do it. Yeah. And we did it. And it just went over so well because people were not expecting it mm-hmm. that we do it every show now. And I always try to time it just right with the crowd so that like, that's a big part of what I do too. I'm reading the room to kind of get the vibe of like, okay, where's everybody at? Are we a heavy country mm-hmm. crowd? Are they into the pop rock? Are they into, mm-hmm. you know, what is it? What are they into? And then by the, by the end of the show um, for our like evening set, I have this like just power hour and we just go song to song to song. And I just pick bangers, like yeah. things that I know people are gonna be like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And the room just 
fills up and it's so fun to feel that energy. Yeah. And then there's typically a DJ that comes after us. So it's kind of perfect, like gets them set up for that, that yeah. sort of atmosphere and mood. And that's actually where I'm going tonight and playing at um, Florida Georgia line house. And oh, nice. it is always popping nice. on a Saturday night there. Yeah. You just gave me some song ideas. So we do uh, uh, one of the things that we do is I host a country radio show. Um, cool. And we're getting ready to do like an actual live show at a music festival at the end of October. And I've been trying to think of different things to do to make it a little bit more fan engaging. And since this is going to be like a country singer songwriter music festival, there's going to be a lot of musicians there. I was playing with this idea of uh, doing a segment called Kennet Country and basically having oh. a wheel of fortune of just random songs spinning it and having somebody come up and see if they could turn it into a country song yes i love that and so I, I, you just gave me some ideas for songs that i wasn't even thinking about because i was thinking like true like you know some paramore stuff like that like a little bit more center of the lane stuff and like some oddball songs but you just gave me some really good ideas for songs to put on this wheel of misfortune oh or whatever You'll have to tell me how those go over. Oh, I will be filming it because I'm hoping this will <laughs> will turn into something that just kind of makes it fun because Love that's what that. I like to do. So, um, that's yeah. Uh, so you've been in Nashville now, you said eight years, right? Uh, five years. Five years. So um, I was trying to move here for about oh, eight yes. years. Gotcha. And then five years ago, finally stars aligned it was the right time everything kind of worked out and i have i'm on my well this is technically my fifth year or sixth mm. year i moved here in 2018 so whatever fifth the math yeah it'd be that. your fifth you're in your fifth year yeah um so how do you kind of balance your original stuff with a lot of your more broadway gigs is it easy to balance it or how do you how do you kind of go about that that is a great question. Um, <laughs> still figuring that out um, sure. for myself, but um, really trying to trust the process. Um, Broadway has actually really helped me as an original artist in a way that I had no idea it would. When you're performing that much, you figure out what you like to perform and what you don't like to perform. And especially being on Broadway and having so many different types of requests. And I love every genre of music um so broadway has helped me realize um where i really shine and like mm -hmm. what lights me up inside um as opposed to things that i do that i'm like okay like i could i, I understand the appeal of this mm -hmm. like you know we'll get a request for redneck woman um or here for the party and while they're really fun songs um i they they're not ones that i get like really excited to sing because that's not really my like flavor personally um so it's kind of helped me learn that about myself i have really fallen in love with heart even more than um than i had had been in the past um singing alone and barracuda are some of my favorites yeah. to do and yeah. so as i've been writing it's been helping me kind of hone my sound and figure out as an artist like what i enjoy performing on stage and then also what resonates with the crowd so i can kind of um mirror that in my original music um i try to do 
uh, showcases that um, I feel like are advantageous uh, for me, wherever I'm at in my, mm. in the year, um, during my work season and um, try to partner myself with people, with, with groups that are um, really established and great and treat their artists really well. Uh, Whiskey Jam is one that's incredible out here. Um, Bus Call with Tin Roof. Um, is definitely another staple. So I've done a lot of um, showcases with them and that's always fun because you get to bring your whole band out and there's not a lot of those in Nashville, like the full band mm -hmm. showcases. So yeah. being able to do that, I've been kind of like slowly working on my original show and like, okay, how do, how would I place the song, my original songs in a set and um, implementing tracks in and kind of figuring out which players like really, um, really click with my music and yeah, it's been awesome. Nice. That's, you know, it's gotta be a good learning experience, kind of building out your own original show, like having had your, like you've been playing on Broadway for a good bit, you know, kind of playing that music kind of taking this turn to figure out your own original show has to be a learn, like a really fun learning experience because you know, you get to kind of finally, well, not finally, you get to kind of decide what you want your live sound to be. Yeah. Um, and you get to do it in front of a lot of your peers, which is really fun. Um, so I've had some really cool um, rights come out of it, uh, mm -hmm. collaborations and um, playing my original songs with people that I play downtown with. If people come downtown and request original music, they already know it. So it's kind of fun to get to, you know, work that into the set as well. But it is a really great place to workshop um, what I'm doing and building and really hone in on that sound and 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 feel more and more confident with the direction of where I'm going. And mm -hmm. the hard, I think the hardest part for me lately has been uh, writing and recording new music just because um, when you're performing so much like yeah. you know you want like a couple days to rest your voice so trying to coordinate that but that's definitely on my radar I have some songs I've definitely been sitting on for a while um that I'd love to record and then on top of that is finding the right producer that's going to give you the right sound that you're looking yeah. for um and I've kind of been through a lot of different rounds with different producers over the years um figuring out how to click and how to build. it's like dating you know like mm -hmm. how do you find chemistry with a creative partner and someone that can hear and understand your vision your direction and help you bring that to life and um so that's something that I've also been just allowing the process and you know trying to surrender to okay I'm, I'm along for the ride and I'm doing my best every day to just keep my eyes open for that and learn and I'm a student of life so you know the more I can learn the better and um the more people that I can meet and collaborate with that are in alignment with the direction I want and knowing myself and knowing my vision is it's all all part of the journey but um mm -hmm. it, yeah it's it's not as uh structured as maybe like other businesses might be mm -hmm. it, it sounds like you're just enjoying living life right now as a musician in Nashville and as opportunities arise, you're taking them. Yeah, I uh, I think that it's a good thing. For, for a long time, I was so 
tunnel vision, Mm -hmm. career, 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 you know, um, to the point where it was like, I was really miserable. And I think you can't really force things in life anyways. I mean, there's definitely like, there's a difference between being proactive Mm -hmm. and forcing things. And if I'm proactive, that's me waking up every day to, okay, what do I know I can do or need to get done and want Mm -hmm. to get done? And then also quality of life is important. You know, I have a little kitty cat that spending time with my cat and um, spending time with friends and um, doing things for like mental health. And, Mm. um, and sometimes, sometimes that is, you know, writing, sometimes that's going for a drive, like whatever that might be enjoying life. Like you said, is, I think, I think balance is just always going to be important no matter what you're doing, but for anyone in life, it's, it's a really important thing to try to try to master if you can. For sure. For sure. I a hundred percent agree. And, you know, you brought up that you're kind of trying to find this balance while still writing, recording music, but you also have all your live shows. So you're trying to find that balance of not overdoing it, but still being able to put out your original music. Um, Kind of walk me through uh, just shortly here. What's, what's a song that's really got you excited right now that is kind of sitting in your back pocket okay i've got two okay um i have one that i feel like every time i've played it at um a showcase it always goes over really well it's very anthemic it's called green light Mm -hmm. it's like my ode to the 80s rock heart um meets a lady gaga sort of vibe um just some finishing touches on that one before i release that into the world and getting that prepared um that's one i think will go over really well with people because it it has tended to do that in the past at different showcases it's just really like big belting anthemic you know fun song but i wrote a song and i'm still like kind of deciding the title of it um this one was more like for me mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite ones to play, um, especially by myself, but it's a very like Lana Del Rey influence meets maybe um, mm. little Katy Perry, uh, Ariana Grande kind of mysterious song. Um, right now we're just going with like Kitty Kitty is the worst working title but Mm. figuring out exactly what i want to call it but it's like a i call it my like sexy lullaby Mm. so it's like a a song i wrote to uh well it's a yeah that's probably the best way to describe it's a sexy lullaby and it's it's one that like makes me excited that i feel like that melody came like right out of my soul and um i'm proud of the way that i kind of wordsmith the lyrics and makes me happy yeah for sure it's you know it's always really interesting like we could sit here and talk about the songs you have out all day but i really like kind of diving in on songs that are in the in the lab so to speak right now because yeah they're fresh in your mind you're working on them you for all i know you could have been working on kitty kitty before we jumped on here you know just right stuff like that so it's always interesting to kind of 
talk during the creative process or like while songs are being workshopped or worked on or, you know, all that stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm always intrigued by that too. Um, Lana Del Rey released a song this year uh, called yes to heaven. And I remember hearing it on like Instagram on a reel and it was, I don't even think it was her voice. It was somebody else, but like, I've heard like every demo variation of that song until like, finally she released her version. And it was kind of cool to hear like the different and imagine like the different, you know, um, takes that people had on it. And, you know, maybe this was how one of the writers or, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it is fun to see how music is constructed and like, mm -hmm where songs come from and and it's truly such an organic process I think that's a big reason why um I'm really settling into this idea too of just letting my life be more organic as well mm -hmm. um inspiration isn't something that you can just manufacture um sure. it's something you have to kind of look for and allow to come into your life when it does and sometimes oftentimes it hits you when you're in the most inconvenient place for it to uh but a lot of times that's what makes it the most memorable and also great stories about it so yeah it's like you're you're in this awkward position and it's like oh i need to like figure out a way to remember this ah oh, it yeah that's right right th those are always the fun stories to hear it's like oh yeah i was driving a hundred down the highway and be you know like whatever and it's like i had this idea and didn't have my phone so i had to try and figure out how to remember it so totally totally oh yeah too uh, many times yeah. uh so as, as a person a musician however you want to define this what keeps you motivated what keeps you going is a great question um i don't really feel like i have a choice honestly it's one of those things like it's just so deeply embedded inside me i thought i was crazy for a long time but i just remember being a little kid and just having this like knowing that like i was going to do this with my life um and really shied away from it for most, you know, I've, I've seen stories of kids that are like, I want to be a singer. Mom, take me here. I want to go sing at this. And, that. and like, I was not that kid. I was very, um, I, I could never do that. Very like shy about it. Very um, doubted myself for a long time. And I feel like my twenties were a really um solidifying part of my journey of just this is what I'm supposed to do and this is mm -hmm. this is my calling what I I feel in my heart is meant for me um so the times when I now feel unmotivated it's funny you say that because I kind of feel like I'm in a bit of a a bit of a rut lately just having a lot of life things going on um which is definitely like never glamorous to tell like industry people like they're like, well, we don't care about that. It's like, okay, but that's my life too. You know, like mm -hmm. it's, it's real life, but um, it's just in me. Like I, I don't, I can't, the thought of doing anything else 
just makes me so depressed. And I'm not, it's not that I'm even not open to that. I am, Mm -hmm. but it's so embedded in who I am to do this. And every time I get on stage on Broadway, I might be, you know, okay, I've got three and a half hours. I need to, you know, and I've been running around all day doing X, Y, and Z, and I have to kind of conserve my energy and I'm tired of this and that. I get on stage and when you connect with people and, and especially when you sing songs that you believe in, Mm -hmm. at least for me, it's like, wow, like that makes me want to make music like that too, because I'm just so moved by what I'm singing and then watching how it has influenced and moved other people and how I get to be the vessel for that. I think that is probably like, if I was going to pinpoint something, probably what continues to keep me motivated lately. That's absolutely amazing. You know, just, I, I, that's all I got for you right there. That's, you know, (laughs) because you touched on something that just, I, I hate using the word triggered, but you said something unintentionally that really triggered me that you were, you'd been like, say you're going through life stuff and you it's hard to tell industry people because they don't care and it's like that that's that just tells me why live and amplified is different because we do care like i i've literally been in situations where it's like i was told oh that oh yep i don't care and it's like but you know so being in that situation where it's like i want somebody to care it's like, yeah, I I don't know why that triggered me so much, but it did. So, well, but I mean, probably because it's it, yeah, when it resonates with you, there's nothing more disheartening as a human being to feel discredited or invalidated. And you know, I had so many people, why don't you just move to Nashville? Why don't you go on The Voice? Why don't you go on American Idol? And when you stop listening to your intuition and you start listening to the voices around you, you lose yourself, you lose your mm-hmm. identity, you lose your, your vision and your focus for your life. And it's hard to put blinders up, but it's also hard to glamorize those um, for people that aren't truly invested in what you're doing. Um, I recently started watching the Kardashians mm. and I, for like the longest time was like, I don't like reality TV. Like it's not my vibe but I love Travis Barker mm. and I love, I was like, okay, like he married Courtney. I'm interested now. So I started watching and um, watching these women show those parts of their life. And of course they do it and it's, they have this incredible budget that they've built and mm. all the above, but like watching the, the real reality of how they're showing like a day in their life is really inspiring to me to see you know Kylie talk about yeah there was like a year I permitted because I just had a baby and you know of all these paparazzi in the news and hearing that and seeing that like there is it's important to honor those things and even with with celebrities and and people of like you know bigger status than where I'm at um seeing that they they honor that and take time for that makes me feel validated as well and and also to know like the people that really believe in you they're they're on your side because they care about you mm-hmm. and they care about your health and your and Starbucks was so much of that to me to see how much they truly care about their employees and 
um, bettering their quality of life. So yeah, when, when you're around people that are so fast paced and so, you know, thank you next, Mm -hmm. um, just overly corporate minded, it can be really disheartening. Um, but part of my journey was, you know, when everybody's asking why I'm not moving to Nashville, I couldn't quite pinpoint it. And then I had this like moment I'll never forget. I realized I was driving home in the desert, a big old moon in the sky. And it was just like, like a light bulb went off. And my little sister is 11 years younger than me. And she was going from um, middle school to high school mm-hmm. and had always had a hard time making friends. And I realized this was a time that I had to invest in a relationship with her. And if I didn't do that now, and I had moved to Nashville, like I, I may not have had a relationship with her at all. It just, we mm-hmm. had such a different, you know, um, we're just so different. So yeah. knowing that it's like, and I don't, that's hard to like tell people like, yeah, I stayed for that reason or whatever. And people are like, okay, well, we'll find the next person. And, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of takes away the human part. And, and again, the same thing with age too. I feel like I've decided to look at my thirties cause I'm 32 um, as my twenties. So I'm 22 and, um, I'm going to, uh, that's like the frame of mind. I'm, I'm, I'm the 22 year old version. I imagined 22 year old me would be because 22 year old me was so green. And like, that's how I always swallow my birthdays too. Every year is okay. If I could go back and be 18 again or 26 again, not knowing what I know today, would I do it? Absolutely not. Like I love so much more the person that I've become and who I'm becoming. And I, I don't want to feel like I'm going backwards. So I'm choosing to think, okay, my like, you know, naive younger self would have thought 22 year old me would be right here. And so that's Mm -hmm. like, that's how I'm choosing to look at my, my thirties. And, and another thing I really admire about the Kardashians is, you know, the, the, I think the three older sisters are in their forties and they're like, Mm -hmm. yep. And they just own it. And it's really awesome to see how many people are defying a lot of the um, stereotypes and um, the things that I feel like used to be really important in the entertainment or just in business in general. Like, oh, we have to be young. We have to be this. You have to be that. And there's so many people now that are like, well, I'm not, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like Jelly Roll, for example. Mm -hmm. Love that guy. That story, I like I've heard his story so many times and it's it never ceases to amaze me. Right. It's so good. And seeing him and just how he inspires people, it's like you can't fake that. And mm-hmm. all of the trials, everything he went through, all of the ugly parts, all of the things that maybe, you know, the perfectionistic mm-hmm. formula would say is not okay actually make him that much more endearing and make his story that much more exciting and interesting. And so that's kind of how I'm choosing to look at my story. It's not what I thought it was going to be, but I also really love so many parts of my life now and and how things have shaken out and looking forward to the future as opposed to, you know, for the longest time, especially as a female, I was like, oh my gosh, like you can't turn 30. And I can't tell you how many producers and people would tell me when I told him I was 28, you got four years left and then you're done. No. And I'm like, nope. okay, well, I disagree. people ask me if I'm 16 all the time. So I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. it just, it's, it's so, it's silly to me at that point. And you just got to look at it as you're on your own unique timeline and 
Um, and enjoying life is important because if we died tomorrow and didn't, you know, make the most of today, then what a waste, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I agree. Well, we've completely lost track of time here. Oh, I'm sorry. Because, well, no, it's 100% fine because I, I know we were talking beforehand about, you know, trying to keep this under an hour or whatever, but it, it's been such a blast chatting with you. Likewise. I, I, I just was like, hey, I'm going to kind of let this one go and see what happens. Um, so you, you're in the process of releasing new music and all that stuff. If people want to check that out or check out Bad Boyfriend, which is your most recent single, uh, yeah. where's the best place to find all that? Spotify, Apple Music. Um, I'm probably the most active on my Instagram. One of my goals this year is to get more involved on TikTok. Mm. Um, I, I just, it's, it's like a full-time job, honestly. Right. TikTok is a lot, but I'm going to find my own rhythm with it. And that's something I'm, I, I just moved to a different apartment, like my dream apartment downtown. So I'm excited about that. I finally have nice. a fixed schedule where I'm playing in for people I really respect and a conglomerate that I just I really have a great time at so having that now I'm like okay now I can kind of focus on um the online stuff but Instagram is probably where I'm the most active for sure and um and then of course Spotify Apple Music all the all the streaming platforms awesome awesome well it's been an absolute blast chatting with you before we leave though we're gonna play one fun quick little game Okay. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> uh, this game is called That's So Random. And okay. I have a random question generator. And I'm going to just ask you whatever question this thing decides to spit out at me. Oh, gosh. Okay. So if you are ready, here we go. Ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> what sequel was actually better than the original? Shrek 2. I agree, 100%. Arguably, the best of the series. I cover Live in La Vida Loca, and I that's like part of my shtick all the time on stage. I'm like, this movie, like, I'll go out of my way to watch Shrek 2. I'm like, I need to watch the second one. Nice. I, I, I 100% love that. That's amazing. And <laughs> now, for my next trip to Nashville, I'm going to dive deep into my catalog of music and find the most absurd yet perfect cover for me to request for you to play i am so here for it i hope i know it <laughs> oh it it'll be it'll be one of those songs where it's like dang okay yeah i forgot about that song but I'll good, play. Good. so cool Love. but uh really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with us it's been an absolute blast we just kind of rolled into it like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, we're just going to go with it. But really appreciate you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we will see you all later.